revolution, revolution, revolution. Awakening, 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 awakening. Revolution, 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 Awakening, 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 awakening. Awakening, 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 awakening. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Revolution Awakening. I'm Angelica. I am joined with Jules today. Hello. What's going on, everyone? Yes. And we have a special episode because today is The Future is Female. Woo! And we have a special guest on as well. She's super beautiful, super cute. She has so many things going on. Her name is Andrea Isabel Lucas. If you haven't heard about her, you should hear about her. You should know about her. (laughs) (laughs) She is the owner of a series of bar and yoga studios. Um, A couple in Boston. She also has one in Rhode Island. And she is hoping to expand in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a lot to talk about today with her. She's also coming out with a new book. um, But... We're really excited to have her on as fellow female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. She's definitely a woman to look up to. Um, we're going to talk about her journey, where she got started, how you know she is doing in her day-to-day life, mm-hmm. and just her future plans, and just a lot of things that are coming up, and really, really good, valuable advice, I think, that she has to share. For sure. So we're really excited. Um, I mean, being female entrepreneurs ourselves, mm-hmm. and just hearing ups and downs from other people can really help to put perspective into what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's great that we have these monthly series that you can tune into, uh, listen to different types of females in different businesses Mm -hmm. and how they got their start and how they're excelling in their ventures out there. So Mm -hmm. without further ado, um, we want to just get right into the interview with Andrea. So listen up and here we go. How are you today? Amazing. Thanks so much for having me. Cool. How did you get here? How was the traffic? It was okay. You know, we're seeing snow in November, which is always a little surprising, but (laughs) not bad. Last night, it was crazy. I remember I looked out the window and I was like, what is happening right now? (laughs) I I was not prepared. I wasn't ready. So um, just getting right into it, I guess, Andrew, tell us a little bit about yourself and your story and, um, and then we'll get into, you know, Bar and Soul's story and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so, well, as far as bar and soul, I started that in 2013. I started teaching bar back in around, I discovered it in 2006, started my training. I think I started teaching around 2007 Mm -hmm. and I really just thought it was a side hustle that I would do to make some extra money part-time while my kids were little until I figured out what my real career was going to be. And, um, I was finishing up my degree in women's studies and really wanting to be a women's studies professor Mm -hmm. and just have an impact and be a part of the conversation about women's empowerment. Mm -hmm. And I was actually taking a bar class one day and I just had this moment of epiphany is the Mm -hmm. only way I can explain it, where I just realized like, oh my God, this is a room where women gather multiple times a week and yeah, we're here for fitness, but what if we could bake in this feminist message and this women's empowerment message? And what if I could have the kind of impact I wanted to have as a college professor so much easier than I thought, because Mm -hmm. this is something I'm already doing. And what if this could be that, that outlet? And, um, it just, it was the moment I thought, oh, maybe this this could be my career. Mm-hmm. It just kind of skyrocketed from there. And what yeah. were you doing exactly before all this happened? Well, um, 
Before I started teaching bar, I was kind of a stay-at-home mom for a little while. But before that, I was a single mom and I was a stripper. I worked at a strip club. Mm -hmm. I had my son, Roman, when I was 19. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a really... I had a hard time growing up. Like, I really... um, came from a family that had a lot of challenges. I I was a runaway in high school. Like I used to sleep in those Salvation Army clothing donation dumpsters. And um, yeah, I ended up having my son when I was 19. Working at a strip strip club was amazing because it really allowed me to be an entrepreneur for the first time Mm -hmm. and really just take my fate into my own hands. Like I knew I wasn't going to make it on some minimum wage job somewhere. And um, it gave me the ability to make my own money, to not have to live at home with my parents, which I realize some people don't even have that privilege. So, um, but it wasn't the environment that I wanted to bring my son up in. So it allowed me to, I mean, I bought my own condo when I was 22, like, um, and unfortunately along the way, I wound up in a domestic violence situation that got pretty serious and that was quite lengthy process of getting myself out of. And in the process of that is um, how I discovered bar and really just getting physically Mm -hmm. stronger Mm -hmm. gave me the first opportunity to see how much stronger I could be on the inside as well as on the outside. I mean, yeah, that story honestly is really like empowering to me because I kind of grew up in a situation where home was like sucky and I mean, just trying to find yourself and trying to find things that really work for you. Um, so that, that's really cool to know. Um, and then is that kind of where you found like that you like dance and, and stuff like that and how you got into like fitness dancing and things like that or? Yeah. You know, um, It's funny. I think that I do like to perform and I like the spotlight. And I think a lot of people expect me to be sort of apologetic or talk about how horrible it was to be a stripper, but like it was so fun in a lot of ways. Like Mm -hmm. I loved doing my makeup every day and my hair and like getting to wear crazy things that you could never just wear out. And um, I liked the attention. You know, sometimes it wasn't good attention and some parts of it really sucked. And, um, but there were a lot of really cool parts. And then there was like, the kind of sisterhood feeling of everybody that I worked with. And so it was pretty awesome. And actually when I was first teaching bar after I, when I was finishing up my women's studies degree, I ended up doing my thesis on the uh, neo burlesque movement and joining a circus troupe and, and doing burlesque so for a cool. while. Yeah. So cool. I love your story. I feel like every time I talk to you, cause I've known Andrea for a little while, I actually did my yoga teacher training through bar and soul. Um, and I feel like every time I talk to you, I learn something new and it's like so cool and so interesting and I love it. Um, I wanted to ask because you did talk about feminism and I feel like feminism, excuse me, feminism is so important right now, especially with everything that's going on. But I feel like there's a lot of confusion about what feminism is. Mm -hmm. And you see some of these women who are all about literally just like free the nipple and like want to be naked on Instagram. But then, and then some people are like, I hate men, men suck. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you know, I feel like the the rational feminists that are kind of just like, <laughs> let's uh, have equality for all. So what, tell like, can you explain that a little bit for some people who might not really understand what feminism is? Yes. Um, to me, feminism is equality for all. Mm-hmm. It is wanting equal rights for men and women. And now we're starting to realize that we need to also be including non-binary and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, feminism has become a lot more intersectional. We also want equal rights for people of color and, you know, LGBTQ Mm -hmm. and all of that. So, um, but ultimately, and I have to remind myself this all the time because now there's so many things to care about and be really, not that there wasn't before, but so many 
dumpster fires are happening right now that it's like hard to, sometimes I I feel a little guilty pigeonholing myself as a feminist Mm -hmm. because it's like, oh my God, but what about Black Lives Matter? Like what about all these other things that are happening? But I have to just remind myself too that, you know, actually there's this um, woman, Kelly Deals, and she Mm -hmm. uses the um, example of, you know, the wall on Game of Thrones, like the giant wall. Yeah. She said that (laughs) it's like we each have our little pickaxe and Mm -hmm. we're like hammering away on our own little section of that giant wall. wall. So (laughs) it's like, it's okay for me to be a feminist activist. It's okay for someone else to be a transgender activist. It's Mm -hmm. okay for someone else to be a Black Lives Matter activist and uh, and someone else to be an environmental activist and all of those things. So anyway, that was a bit of a tangent, but I guess what I'm saying is, being feminist just means that you want women to have equal rights. Right. Yeah. You know, you want to end violence against women and mm-hmm. girls. Like you want to cure the the ills of society right. that are uniquely impacting women, women and yeah. girls. So that's what feminism is to me. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I feel like you're right. There's very, very many different shades mm-hmm. of feminism. And, you know, I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine. She was really upset because a family member of hers posted this whole big thing on Facebook about why she didn't need feminism mm. and why she was I've seen that already post empowered. Going around a yeah. Bit, yeah. And you know what I said to my friend is if that's really how she feels about feminism, shame on us as feminists because obviously she feels excluded. Right. We're doing something that is making her feel like she's not invited to mm-hmm. be a part of this club. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like we need to be gentle with mm-hmm. people who are freaked out by the word. We can't be responsible for like all of their other experiences mm-hmm. that they've had with right. feminism, with the word, with the idea, with the people they've come into contact with. And you know, I think there's a couple things that could discourage people from wanting to identify as feminist. One of them is feeling like, oh, I'm not feminist enough for you guys right. like, to be included. But then there's also like, if I identify with your group, am I turning my back on you know, my family mm-hmm. or people that matter to me who identify with this other group. Right. And it's a problem with this whole like us versus them yeah. thing that we have happening right now. Yeah. So it's funny, total tangent, but every every time I do a photo shoot, like whether it's something for like, you know, my book or for the studios or for whatever, mm-hmm. for a website, um, I always, always, always end up doing like middle finger pictures just because yeah. I'm goofy and like, yeah. I think it's funny to just be like flipping the bird to the camera. <laughs> Um, but I never ever post them because mm-hmm. it's so not on brand with what right. my actual messages. <laughs> because like I just don't really like I don't come from a place of F you. Right. Like even no matter how much I might disagree, mm-hmm. even as disgusted as I might be with what's going on in our government or with our president, and people are like, oh my God, like Donald Trump is my president. Like it does make me flinch. Like it hurts right. to say it. But yes, in a way, he is my president because because I refuse to separate myself right. from everyone else in my country who voted mm-hmm. for this person, even if it wasn't me. Like, right. I want to be responsible for helping um, bring people into this world mm-hmm. of feminism and equality and yeah. um I don't want to separate myself from anybody. Right. right. And I really like that you say that you don't want to separate yourself because we really are living in a time where people are feeling very separated. Mm-hmm. And I like how even though you may not agree with somebody else's political views or how they handle themselves and stuff like that, like at the end of the day, nobody knows what each other's story is to end up getting to that point. So I like how you say that you want to be inclusive and kind of invite everybody to the club because if we can understand each other, then maybe we can ed- educate each other and maybe change our views because we're respecting each other 
instead of hating each other. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really like that definition. I feel like I, that clears it up for a lot of people. It's just so simple. Right. It's just about equality. And I feel like a lot of it's labels like, oh, yeah. I'm a feminist. Well, I'm this, I'm that. And mm-hmm. it's like, honestly, at the end of the day, we just kind of need to love each other. I know. Yeah. You know, and if you don't like something, that's fine, but yeah. we can still be cool. Um, changing directions a little bit. Tell us about Bar and Soul. I feel like for me, I, you inspire me all the time. Like you are such a powerhouse and I, I feel like I've talked about you to Angelica for so long. I'm like, she, I'm like, we can do it. Like we, we, you know, we just opened up a spot not too long Mm -hmm. ago. I'm like, she has five studios and she did it by herself and like all this stuff. And I'm like, so tell us about Bar and Soul. I know that you said it came from like your dancing and stuff like that, but what inspired you to start the first one? Mm -hmm. Well, when I had that epiphany where I was like, oh my God, I actually, maybe this isn't just a part-time thing until I figure it out, figure out what I'm really going to do. Like I might really do this. Like Mm -hmm. I could see, you know, I love it that much and I can see this potential to have this amazing impact on women's lives, which is exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just worked my way up. I would, I would just always look for the next best, best opportunity. So I ended up being a bar teacher for exhale in Boston, which Mm -hmm. was an amazing brand to work for and so top notch. And I got the best training there. And then I wound up getting, um, promoted to manager position there, which I was just so incredibly honored. And it really was my dream job. And, um, and it was, odd because after about a year and a half and and I got to open a new location for them, which was, you know, very fun, like startup energy. And then after like a year and a half, I was getting bored and I could not figure out why. And I was really beating myself up about Mm -hmm. that because I felt like, God, I'm, I'm never satisfied. Like, why can't I just be happy? And one of my students actually happened to be an executive coach and she does this. The best way I can explain it is it's kind of like a personality profile, Mm -hmm. but, um, there's this whole assessment that you take. And so she was really kind and just kind of gifted me a session and it blew my mind because when we sat down and she was interpreting the results and discussing them with me, she was like, oh wow, it totally makes sense that you've gotten bored. Like you really are very entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. And I so rejected that at the time because I thought entrepreneur is someone who has a trust fund, like, you (laughs) know, their parents like paid for their college now, like, or they know some big investors that are going to, you know, help them get started. So it, you know, I had to marinate on it for a little while, but Mm -hmm. I began to just take baby steps. And I think that's the important thing to realize is it's not about taking giant leaps. It's really about just incremental progress. Mm -hmm. And it's not like the little steps are so not sexy. Mm-hmm. Like they're so unimpressive <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the time, yeah. but you just have to have this vision that's like down the road and just keep working toward right. it. And then as you finally, you know, get to each of those milestones, like your vision just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. But, um, my baby steps were quitting my management job, which mm-hmm. was super scary. Um, going to just teaching and, um, being sort of an entrepreneur in the way of just teaching at a bunch of different studios, developing my own bar class, launching that at a few places like Equinox and like Sports Club LA and a few Mm -hmm. suburban yoga studios. And then, you know, those really hit it off. And I, I ended up creating a program out of somebody else's yoga studio and it was my own branded bar program. I trained and hired all the teachers myself. They were all subcontracted through me. So it was like, I got to run my bar program, my own brand within someone else's studio. And that went great. And and there was really hardly any startup cost for me. It was like making the logo, you know, getting an LLC, you know, paying an accountant to make sure I didn't do anything stupid. Um, (laughs) And, um, And from there, I thought that would be my business model. I would license this program out to different studios. Mm -hmm. And so I could only imagine it really ever getting so big. And then 
when I approached this next studio, she actually told me she was getting ready to move across country and she wanted me to buy her studio. Mm -hmm. So, and she was willing to finance it for me and everything. And yeah, so I did end up taking a small loan from, I would say like a couple thousand dollars for my partner. I think my mom took like $10,000 out of her retirement, which was only like, you know, she had maybe $80,000. And I realized that's more than a lot of people have, but, um, you know, so it, I didn't totally, totally start it up by right. myself. Like I did get help, but um, I think if if it hadn't been for that, I'd have found another way. Like I would right. have started a Kickstarter or sold my furniture or something. But something, yeah. yeah, but um, that was how I was able to get my first studio. And then, literally, really as soon as that studio was profitable, which is just within a few months. Um, I I started having that itch to open another one. And the next one that I opened was in a new market where I opened from scratch. So Mm -hmm. up to then, I had always had a built-in clientele. Mm -hmm. This was my first time starting from scratch. but So that was definitely a big risk. I think if it would have blown up in my face, I might have taken a totally different direction. But luckily, it went really well. And then after that was when I opened my studio in Harvard Square, Mm -hmm. which was... Um, the most epic thing that I had undertaken up to that point. And I just drove by it too. I'm like, oh, oh it's such a beautiful studio. We'll have to go. Y'all oh, have to take sure. it. It's really nice. Yes, please do. I love it so much. Like every time when I walk in still, I'm like, oh, I can't believe this is here and that it's mine. But um, yeah, that uh, when I saw that space, I fell in love with it so much that I knew it was the biggest risk I would ever take. And mm-hmm. I knew that honestly, had it failed, like it would have brought my whole business down. Right. Like, you know, my other two suits, like everything, it would have just eaten up everything that I had built. But the fear of missing out was so much greater than the fear of failure. Yeah. I just like had to know, I just had to know, like, could I pull this off? Right. And thankfully it did. And, and that's how I've been able to continue to grow. But you know, what allowed me to take that step when it was so scary was was just realizing that the worst case scenario was that I would be broke. Right. Literally, I wouldn't be dead. Like, right. I have no reason to believe I would be anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> like, I would be broke. My business would, you know, kind of go in the crapper. But, like, I'd been broke before. Mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. super broke. And I'd always found a way. So I knew I could cope with that if I had to. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's so inspirational. Because that's, like, what we're doing, too. You yeah. know, we're just putting it on the line. And it's like you said, like, I'm not going to die. I might grow, grow broke. And I've lost it all before. So what's the matter? You right. know, like, right. we always regain things. I know. I know. It is really, really inspiring. Uh, I know that you're a busy bee. I know that you have so many things going on. So I did want to ask you, like, what are what do you do to take care of yourself? I've gotten, I mean, I continue to get better at it. Mm -hmm. I would say that I am, you know, getting older and getting more mature. And the more mature I get, the more I place a value on Mm -hmm. that. Um, Right now, I... I am working out more than I have in years. Mm -hmm. Like I, for many years during, you know, the middle of my business, Mm -hmm. because when I first started my business, I was teaching a lot. So that was kind of built in working out. And then I stopped teaching as much, was working on the business more. So then it was a lot less exercising. And I would say now I exercise a good five to seven hours a week, Mm -hmm. which has been amazing. And it is still sometimes so hard to get myself to stop working on what I'm working on and and just go make that time. But it's become more of a habit. And I know that I feel so good. And actually I'm addicted to this planner. It's called the productivity planner. Oh my God, I need it. Tell us about it. I'm obsessed (laughs) with this planner. Um, You can get it on Amazon. It's all black with like gold lettering on it. For some reason it's $25, which is a lot for a planner. I realize, but, um, Hey, but if it works, it, it makes just, you productive, then why not? So <laughs> it just makes me so happy. And like every day you, um, every week you, 
you write down all the things you really want to accomplish that week mm-hmm. and you rank them in order of importance. And then each day you do the same thing. So like I have this resources page that's due for my book and it's like the, you know, it's overdue. So yeah. I really need to get that in. <laughs> it's the first thing I need to work on like after I leave here. So right. it's the top thing in my planner for the day so mm-hmm. that, yeah, I might want to do all these other things and like load up my, you know, Instagram queue or whatever other things that would be more fun. But right. it just shows you like what your order of importance is. But um, at the end of each day, it asks you to rank your day on a scale of like one to 10 mm-hmm. in terms of productivity. And then it, there's a line for what happened. And what I noticed is on the days that I skipped my workout, even when I got got all my other stuff done, I never ranked that day like a nine or a 10. It was always like okay. a six if I didn't work out. Yeah. So I think like seeing that visually has just shown me that I do feel accomplished at the end of my day if I did my workout and, you know, one or two of the important things because right. you're never going to do all seven or eight that you write down on that list. I know. Or, sometimes I'll write like 10 things down and I'm like, this is so unrealistic. I don't right. even have like this long <laughs> in the day to do this stuff. Yeah. So working out for you, um, I know some people, you know, automatically think maybe going out to the gym, but I know that you like to try different things. Like mm. what are your workouts? What do you usually go to or like stick to or like the best? I mean, I would say bar is my favorite mm-hmm. and um, I I've been doing it for about 12 years now. And even when I was only doing it a couple times a week, like I would say it has kept me in amazing shape. Mm -hmm. I know people that have done it for decades that look still amazing and haven't gotten any chronic injuries because it is very gentle Mm -hmm. and it's sustainable. So could you explain like what bar is to people who don't know? I'd love to. Um, So bar is loosely based on strength and conditioning that dancers would use. So it is not a dance class, mm-hmm. um, but it is very graceful and there there is a, a nice aesthetic quality to it, but it's basically using body weight resistance to strength train in a way that is very easy on your joints and very low impact, but super challenging on your muscles and that you can adjust to your degree of difficulty. So mm-hmm. similar to like, if you look at gymnasts, like mm-hmm. what they're doing is mostly body weight and they are jacked. Right. <laughs> so, and you know, if we walked into a gymnastics class, like every one of us would probably have a different level that we'd be able to work at. And in a bar class, it's kind of like that as well, or similar to yoga too, where you can modify, like you could be pregnant in a bar class. You could Mm -hmm. be recovering from an injury. You could be, you know, older and having had a hip replacement or knee replacement, and it's very safe and modifiable. And yet I've had professional athletes from the Celtics and from the Bruins in my class, like just sweating buckets and so humbled by how hard of a workout it is. So it's a lot of very tiny movements with very precise form and a lot of holding really challenging positions to the point that your muscles will shake and it's then hard. you'll stop and stretch. <laughs> yeah. And there's a it lot of mat cool. abdominals. So um, it but definitely it's strengthens the core. It is hard. Yeah, it is. It really is. Like I remember like, cause I, I like go through phases, unfortunately, where it's like I work out like, and I'm consistent with it. And then like I fall off it, which is something I'm, I'm working on getting better at. But yeah, like I would go to a bar class after not working out in like two or three weeks. And it's like, I le- walk out of the bar class and I'm like, Oh my God, my legs are jello. See, that's what I need. <laughs> yeah, you do. But I also have like, I have a lot of lower back issues and my knees hurt a lot and stuff Me like too. that. So mm-hmm. if I go to the gym and do weights or things like that, sometimes I definitely notice I have pain, but when I do bar, I don't, I never feel pain in mm-hmm. yoga, obviously, but mm-hmm. I never leave like feeling like, Oh, I should, I did, did, 
too much or I went too hard or something like that with yeah. bar. You work mindfully and mm-hmm. you're able to listen to your body and back off when you need to and yeah. things like that. But I um, I also do circus arts. And mm-hmm. so like right now I'm enrolled in um, a, like a handstand basics class. So yeah. like I actually have that class tonight at Esh in Somerville and um, I'm loving that. I usually do aerial silks. Like I just didn't get into my, all the classes at my level were full, full this session, yeah. but um, I've been doing silks, which is like the kind of ribbons that hang mm-hmm. from the ceiling that you see in like a Cirque du Soleil. Uh, I've been doing that, gosh, for probably eight or nine years now. And it's so challenging, so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love it. I love that when I go, I feel like I'm playing. I don't feel like I'm working out, but at the same time, like right. it's definitely a serious workout. I um, mean, just, just recently I've started strength training mm-hmm. with heavier weights, basically to cross train for my aerials, because mm-hmm. I do feel like I've kind of plateaued. And I was talking with a trainer who does circus specifically. And she said, like people kind of reach that point in aerial training if you don't start to train with weights. Right, so right. I have started doing that and I'm liking it because it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while too, I'll pop into one of those um, rowing cardio classes. Mm, yeah. Those are super fun. I love the rowers because it's more upper body focused. Mm-hmm. I can't do spinning. Just like I the, don't like spinning. The I seat like spinning. Just <laughs> it hurts me too. I'm like, how do, I don't understand them. I'm not doing the seat right. Like I'm not adjusting it right. I don't get it. Same. Now, do you do you pole at all anymore? Um, no, I don't. But um, I have so much respect for it. Really, I, the only reason I don't do it is because it's so hard. Yeah, I know. I've, I've been taking pole classes like you off have? and on, and I have one in my house because I just like loved it so much. Oh my god! So like I, I've been like trying, but that like makes you work out. Like I feel you always where say I didn't that. Even you're know like, existed. So like, I love doing that. But oh my gosh. It's definitely so cool. a challenge. <laughs> um, so I just met a pole studio owner from Los Angeles who I'm so obsessed with. Her name is Fee. Um, and she, her, her business is called Romance and Dance Pole in mm-hmm. LA. You have to follow them on oh, Instagram. Nice. It's Romance and Dance. Um, but she was one of the people I interviewed for my book because she's just a wise, badass entrepreneurial, total hustler, yeah. mm-hmm. and so inspiring. And um, yeah, I can't wait to share well, her Well, tell interview. us about your book. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear about it. Um, okay, so the book is called Own It All, uh, How to Stop Waiting for Change and Start Creating It Because Your Life Belongs to You. And, um, I'm already inspired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, well, you know, it's based on like everything I needed to hear, like, you know, five to eight years ago mm-hmm. and everything I wish someone would have said to me then, right. <laughs> just kind of speaking to, to my younger self saying that. And one of the things, a couple big break, breakthroughs that I had really like in my early thirties were just the fact that, um, I'm in charge of my life and I don't have to wait for approval or permission mm-hmm. or to be picked mm-hmm. or to be perfect or to think that I'm all that, um, I can just start from where I am. And just that no one's coming. There's no knock on the door coming to be like, oh, you know, there's a limo out front. Oprah's in there. (laughs) (laughs) She's waiting for you. She's She's not waiting for you. (laughs) (laughs) So I saw this piece of street art um, from this artist, Eddie Kala, and it said, if you want to achieve greatness, stop asking for permission. And actually right around the time I saw that was when I was contemplating leaving my management job Mm -hmm. at um, Exhale, which was a job I was so grateful for. And I just realized, like, oh my God, my bosses aren't gonna encourage me to go. Like, they're they, you know, they, they want you to stay to there. see me go. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, 
you know, no one's necessarily going to be happy about me making this change, but if this is what my soul needs for my own self-expression and to have my job look different from day to day and have constant creativity and different kind of problem solving, which Mm -hmm. are the things that I really need, like I'm going to have to just claim that for myself. Mm -hmm. So that's really the theme of the book is just taking radical personal responsibility for everything you want to have for your life. Everything that you maybe haven't yet admitted to yourself that you want, just owning it, like really owning what you want, feeling, not to say entitled, but yes, entitled to have a happy life, feeling like you deserve that. Mm -hmm. And um, also owning everything that you really want to contribute to the world, Mm -hmm. letting go of perfectionism and just getting into action and making it happen. Yeah. And when does that get released? Um, tentatively January 15th, which is coming oh, right up. Yeah. <laughs> so soon. Uh, I love everything that you're saying about that book because I mean, I, I feel like I struggle through this myself every single day. Like I'm like, Oh, I have to wait until I have this or I have that. Or like, I have my dad being like, are you sure you want to do that? Or like, I mean, he's supportive, but he definitely has moments <laughs> yes. where he's like that. So then it's like, I'm like, should I be doing this? Is it okay for me to want this? Should we have our own business? Like all these crazy thoughts that you have in your mind. And then it's like, but it's your life. Like, why can't, why can't you? Right. Exactly. Gotta take those leaps. Yeah. And some people are very well-meaning, but they are naysayers. And I actually have one friend who's like that. They're very cautious. And I wrote about it in the book, actually, how you have that one friend who's always looking out for you. Mm -hmm. Who's always like, Ooh, are you sure? Mm -hmm. Like, do you want to, you know, do you want to take on that much risk? Like maybe you could just start a little smaller. And, um, I learned after every studio I would open, I would have that same conversation with that friend. And then I learned to not tell them until after I had already kind of thrown <laughs> yeah. my hat over the wall. Yeah. 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 I love that. I mean, it, then it's coming from a place of love, of course, totally. but it's like, you have to take the risks that you, like you said, your soul was calling for. It's like you yeah. needed to do it. Mm-hmm. Is that. that where the name like bar and soul came from or? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I did feel very, um, there's kind of these stereotypes about fitness. So when I was teaching bar very full time, I was really jealous because I felt like yoga teachers were these gurus that everybody thought had something really special to say and really spiritual Mm -hmm. and had all this life advice they got to give and they got to get on their soapbox and like really preach something bigger than physical fitness. Mm -hmm. And I did go and get my yoga certification and became a yoga teacher. And I do still practice yoga, of course. And, um, But I also was like, why should this be exclusive to yoga? Why shouldn't bar teachers be able to get on their soapbox and say Mm -hmm. something inspiring and really meaningful? Like, why can't they, like, drop some truth on their class while they have this beautiful captive audience for an hour? Like, Mm -hmm. why not say something really meaningful? Mm -hmm. So that's where Bar and Soul came from, is that I felt in the bar world, there's this stereotype, like, kind of the Stepford Wives or, like, these Mm -hmm. bar people Mm -hmm. that are just all about having nice butts and nice abs, which... I don't know anybody who's like, do not give me a nice butt or nice ass. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's just like, but, but it just has this kind of shallow um, stereotype about it. Yeah. And so that's where the soul piece came in was initially when I started my classes, I wanted it to be a bar class that had the spiritual elements of a yoga class. Mm-hmm. And over time, when I got to own my studios and I began to offer bar and yoga, the soul in Barton soul started to stand for yoga as well. Mm-hmm. But really it's just about this being about so much more than just your body. 
Yeah. I can definitely say from going to Bar and Soul and just doing my teacher training through there and anybody that I've ever told about it who has never done yoga or never do bar, I always, always talk about how inclusive it is because it feels very inclusive. And because you said it has that stereotype of bar being, you know, these, you know, bar Barbies and things Mm -hmm. like that. And I always, I'm like, it's not like that. Any, like, I remember I was in one class and there was like the woman next to me, she had to be at least 60, if not older. Mm -hmm. And she was like, not even breaking a sweat. And I'm literally sitting there, my legs are shaking. And she was like, you got it, girl. And I was like, I do got it. Like, I do got it. And it's just, and I do, I love the spiritual aspect of it too, even though it is fitness. It's, it's a, it's a perfect combination. Absolutely. And so you offer bar and yoga Mm -hmm. at your locations. Okay. And could you tell our listeners like where they are for the local people in Boston? Yes, I would love to. Um, So we have two locations now in Melrose and uh, that was our first location. Um, And then we have a flagship studio in Harvard Square and a studio in Providence, Rhode Island and one in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Oh, wow. So you're expanding New England. Yes. Nice. Do you have any plans of opening more or right now you're kind of... Absolutely. Um, I definitely want to open more. I'm, I mean, I'm honestly struggling a little bit right now with juggling. Now that I have my book coming out and I'm starting to get a little more into public speaking, like I, again, I'm like, I feel that soul calling to do it. I know I have to do it, but I love my studios and I don't want to compromise anything there. And Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it is a little bit like running two separate businesses. Mm -hmm. So I'm struggling with like how to have them be as synergistic as possible and just, arrange my schedule or hire enough people and build up my team to where, cause I, I dying to open more studios yeah. and I want to get into bigger markets. Like I want to be in like New York and yeah. LA and yeah. you know, I really, when I started bar and soul, I had this vision of 20 studios, not necessarily 200, but like 20. Yeah. And, um, I, that could change, but, um, mm-hmm. I still very much want to open more studios mm-hmm. and I'm working with the challenge of, wanting to do justice. Like I don't want to just half-ass my book right, launch right. and I don't, I don't want to half-ass my studios. Like I want to whole-ass everything. So. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I feel like that's good too, because then it's like every single project that you come out, like you're putting, you know, your whole heart into it and the effort. And I think that people respond really, really well to that. Um, so I feel like, I mean, I feel like you'll have no problem. Bar and Soul is amazing and people love it. And I feel like your message is so important and it's so inclusive that I feel like it really would reach larger markets. Oh, for Thank sure. You. Yeah, yes. totally. Um, and then, I have a question. Do you have any females that inspire you? Mm, so many. Um, so many people who inspire me. My mentor, Esther Fairfax, is the daughter of Lottie Burke. Lottie Burke created bar in the late 50s. And Esther has been teaching her mother's method for 54 years. Esther's 84 now. And I've traveled to England and studied with her. And she just inspires me so much because she lives so fully still. She's so excited about life every day when she gets out of bed. She's still in such amazing strength and health. Um, so she's a huge inspiration to me. And, um, this isn't exactly a female, but you know, I am so inspired by RuPaul right now. Like, I, can't even... <laughs> I do love RuPaul actually. He's so funny. It's like, I can't even overstate how like important he is to me. He's like a guru to me. And mm-hmm. I just, every time that I just need to like heal my soul a little bit, I just binge RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> because it's like the best of humanity. And it's just a reminder too that like to stop taking life so seriously, mm-hmm. yeah. stop trying to fit into these boxes, like be creative, be who you are. You can be androgynous. You can flow between male and female energy. You can be 
ridiculously vain and just want to have like gigantic eyelashes and glitter on your face Mm -hmm. and or you can have like any body and still celebrate your body and like dress yourself up to the fullest and um just be so Mm self-expressed and I just feel like his message is so much about personal responsibility and just having fun loving yourself and it's just so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do really love that. And then I wanted to ask too, I, since being so busy, like how do you make time for family and family life? And like, what are some things that you do to make sure like you spend time with your family and your busy schedule? Um, I mean, it's not like I'm nailing it all the time. I mean, you're human, <laughs> you're human. <laughs> but um, so for example, a year or probably two years ago now, um, I had a nanny who would pick up my daughter from school and she would come home and like help her get her homework going, do some laundry for me and like help me out, run errands. I'd give her a grocery list or whatever. In all honesty, like while that looked really good on paper, it really didn't work because I couldn't still work productively during that time because my daughter would always be like texting or calling me and Mm -hmm. like, or like the sitter would be there to pick her up from school and she'd be like, mom, I just want to go over so-and-so's house. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. great. And then I have to come up with something for the sitter to do because she's here and I'd be like scrambling to come up with tasks for her. So like that didn't really work. So, um, this year what I'm actually doing is, and then of course I passed through the whole phase of like, oh, I'll just be on my conference call while my kid's calling me waiting to be picked up and like it's chaos. And then I'm like apologizing to everybody or like pulling up still on the phone or like today when I walked in the door, I was like trying to hang up, but I was still on the phone. (laughs) It's the worst feeling. Mm -hmm. And so, um, this year, 2.45, I just have a hard stop on all calls and meetings Mm -hmm. and I just go into family mode and I'm just giving myself the space to be like, no, don't bother to try to pick up that call or answer that email because then Mm -hmm. I'm not being present. I'm not listening. She's talking to me and I'm saying, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, and I have no idea what she's saying, which she'll call me on, which is good. And so it's gotten a lot better. And I've just realized like, I can't literally multitasking is not real. Like as much as we want it to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that though, because I feel like we, I mean, we talk about this often on our show, how we are in a fight or flight mode all the time and nobody gives themselves permission to stop. It's like you constantly have to be working, constantly have to have your phone on you to pick yeah. up these calls, especially an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I love that you are talking about how like you kind of just give your permission to just stop and really make that effort, mm-hmm. which is really good and inspiring to others who are, I mean us like also like trying to do what we're doing Everything. and anybody else that's listening. Um, I do have one other self-care thing that is probably the most important thing mm-hmm. that I want to mention. And that is just like, I need alone time so bad. I call it going inside my turtle shell. Yeah. Like when, you know, I get like that vulnerability hangover when I've been like out for too long or like with people for too long. And I have so many plates spinning with all the various things happening in my business. I have something like 70 employees, like, you know, five locations and plus my two kids. And I just have a lot going on and I need time. I don't think I'm an introvert. I definitely think I am an extrovert, but I need time to introspect. Like I need time to process and digest. And actually one thing I started doing this year, and I mean, you can't do it all, right? Like you can't, nobody's going to wake up in the morning, do some like crystal meditation, (laughs) do their breath work, make their green juice. Like then, I don't know, write a list of things and then burn it or like whatever. Like it's not realistic. But the one thing that I am doing right now that I'm loving is from the artist's way by Julia Cameron. Mm -hmm. And it's just called morning pages. And you just, before you open your email, like before the noise starts coming in, when you're still 
fresh, ideally, mm-hmm. um, from waking up from sleep, is you just freehand write three pages mm-hmm. of anything. It's like a brain dump. Yeah. And don't do it in like a nice journal. Do it in like a shitty notebook. You yeah. know what I mean? And just put it all down on the page. And what it's allowed me to do is like see what's really there in my head. Like it might make me notice something that's bothering me mm-hmm. that I have not been paying attention to, or I might get a solution to a problem, or I might get a cool idea mm-hmm. and actually record it before I get into the distraction of just reacting, reacting. Mm-hmm. I so like that's that. That's big. a really good one. Mm. I feel like I try to write like a gratitude list. I've like recently started doing that and it actually really does help a lot yeah. during the I day. Think putting things down on paper. Like last year was the first time I actually did that for like January 1st. And half those things like actually came true because I don't know. I just feel like when you put it down and you write it, you're actually putting it into the universe. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I love how gentle you are with yourself and like you've taken the time to be gentle. Like, okay, this is reality and things like that, especially for women. I mean, we've, we talk about it all the time. Um, women are not gentle to Mm -hmm. themselves and they're expected to do so many things and you're expected to be the multitasker. So I like how you're kind of like, no, (laughs) that's not what's happening anymore. I'm getting there, but it's definitely like something as I mature And, you know, to get where I am now, like the way I hustled in years past Mm -hmm. wouldn't work for me now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when I first was trying to quit my job and build up my career as a teacher, I was going to say yes to all opportunities, even if it was that 6 a.m. class or that like rush hour drive that I didn't really want to do. And I mean, usually things that you agree to that aren't sustainable, right? They, you don't sustain them. You eventually drop off or you quit or whatever. But in the beginning, I just had to do what I had to do. I'm sure there were all nighters that I pulled, you know, trying to pull together like a Black Friday sale those first few years that I was in business or whatever. But Mm -hmm. the more I realized, like when I realized something sucks, I'm like, okay, wait, stop. This sucks. How do I make sure I don't do this again? Right. Mm -hmm. I love that. And for our listeners, are you going to be doing any special events? I know that you do some things through Bar and Soul or any speaking events that we can expect to see you at in the upcoming months. I will definitely have some book launch events, but they're not mapped out yet. Um, But if you go to my my website, Mm -hmm. which is Mm andreaisabellucas.com, or you can just go to andreaisabell.com, then there's you can just sign up to get on my mailing list. I have cool. a free five day course about setting goals, mm. and um, I love that course. And people get a lot out of it, and it's so simple. It'll only take you a few minutes a day, so um, you get that when you sign up. And then you'll just be on the list to be notified. And for the studios, um, it's barsoul.com. B a r r e s o u l dot com. Cool, nice, awesome. Well, we want to thank you so much for coming on our show and just sharing all of the things that you did. Because honestly, I feel like um, being women and entrepreneurs hearing what you had to say and then seeing where you are right now is just so inspirational. Yeah. I feel like I've personally taken a lot from this interview because we have been going through a lot of things like with our own space in Cambridge, like our landlord is crazy. (laughs) So it's just so nice to hear like, you know, your journey and things like that. So I definitely feel like we've taken a lot of, I hope Mm -hmm. the listeners have, I think that they will, but we're really appreciative that you're on the show. I just want to acknowledge you guys because I was reading an article about you guys in your space and I thought, God, that is so ballsy. Like (laughs) I, like, I wish I was already having my own space in my twenties. Like, I think it's so badass and just, I really congratulate you both. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Women recognizing women. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks to all our listeners and We'll catch you next week. Revolution, 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 revolution. Awakening, 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 awakening. Revolution, 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 revolution. Awakening, 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 awakening. Awakening.
awakening, awakening, awakening. 